Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. This is, uh, in this episode, I will be talking about Wing Commander, the movie based on the video game Wing Commander, which I'd never heard of prior to looking up this movie, but we'll get to it towards the end of this episode. First, um, I want to talk about briefly, well, I say briefly, but probably not. Hollow Knight. I think I mentioned a, a little while back that I, I I tried a new game called Eight Doors Arum's Ad- Afterlife Adventure, and I was enjoying it. It was interesting and kind of fun, but it was so similar to Hollow Knight that all it it just made me want to replay Hollow Knight. And I don't know, for a while now, I've been I've been looking up like best Metroidvanias or best games if you love Metroid Dread. And I don't know, there's no there's no game that's just going to fulfill that void. You know, I feel like I just need to replay Metroid Dread and then replay Hollow Knight. That's my theory because there's all these games on that list, and I, I try them, and they just don't hit the spot. Maybe I don't give them a chance, but I don't know. So I'll I'll, I'll probably try um, Eight Doors again after some time, but I replayed, I restarted Hollow Knight from the beginning, and I, I just love it. It's, I don't know, it might be one of my favorite games of all time it really might be i just love it so much i i kind of wanted to do a bonus episode just trying to a deep dive why it kind of why it it's so good because i don't it's kind of hard to put into words because there's 80 billion games out there right and ever since Super Metroid and Metroid 2 Samus Returns and um, Metroid First Mission and now Metroid Dread, I'm, f- I'm blanking on that other one, Metroid Fusion. Ever since all those games, there's been 80 billion, 80 billion games out there, right? And there's 80 billion Metroidvania games at this point. So I I started to think why Hollow Knight is so good. And I, I it's hard to put a finger on, really. But just a quick brainstorm. Um, well, actually, when I, when I first started... Because I tried... Um, I'm blanking on the game's name. Ori. I tried the first Ori first. And I was enjoying it. And then I tried Hollow Knight shortly after that. And I'm like, hmm, it's a little weird. The The art style's a little cartoonish, especially compared to Ori. So I, I decided, I think I like Ori better. Then I went back to Ori and I got stuck somewhere. 
And then when I went back to Hollow Knight, it was all over. I was all in on Hollow Knight, and then I completely forgot about Ori. Um, all of this sounds familiar, so I might have said all of this in a previous podcast. Mi apologias, okay? I don't have a perfect memory, all right? But, um, like, in terms of the sound design, I know sound design's n- never a a top-tier as- aspect or element when thinking about games, but it's so satisfying to just whack stuff. And that sounds kind of silly, but you whack grass, you whack enemies, and there's just this big thump, like boom, boom. It's really satisfying. It's and then when you get to the spoiler alert, teachers archives, you you whack glass and that's very satisfying. The game mechanics like pl- platforming is really tight and really fun, really satisfying. The the abilities are fun, you know. I was a little disappointed when you find the mantis claws that allow you to wall climb or a wall jump because you just find it you don't it's not like you have to defeat a significant enemy and then you get rewarded you just come upon it and find it and the enemy i mean the enemies get harder and harder the platforming gets harder and harder and it's hard to define why hollow knight kind of cut through all the the trash uh, maybe that's a little harsh, but why Hollow Knight stands out? I'm not sure, but like uh, even the music, the music's very atmospheric and it's not in your face. And I love that about the game because I, I after playing Hollow Knight, I tried playing Axiom Verge, and no, no offense to Axiom Verge, and I know pe- a lot of people love Axiom Verge one and two. I've never played two. But as soon as I started playing one, like the music is so in your face and it's all like 8-bitty. And I know that's the point and that's the purpose. But it it just didn't hit me in the same way. And I want to give Axiom Verge another chance. But it was just so in your face, the music. And I'm like, I really prefer the the music in Hollow Knight where it's not in your face. It's very toned down. It's very atmospheric. Also, the the tone in general in Hollow Knight, it's. I wouldn't be surprised if the, the developers of this game, are either currently going through depression or have gone through depression. It just, you know, the tone is very dark. The, the art style is dark. You know, the opening, um, the forgotten, the dirt mouth or dirt myth, and forgotten crossroads are practically black and white and there's like this sickness and this infection going on and like that character Myla she's singing and then slowly she turns and she becomes someone you don't even recognize there's so many things there's a lot of things that aren't even explained I came across this grave and it just says here lies the traitor's child or this the child of the traitor and it's not explained. I guess I could look it up. The world is vast. It's very fun to explore and discover. It's 
it's my second playthrough and I just I love it. And one thing that I have to admit that the Metroid games don't do is and that Hollow Knight does and Breath of the Wild does for example is in Metroid there's no real reward for attacking enemies like especially towards the end when you're all super you're all overpowered and your health is maxed out there's no reason to kill enemies but in games like Hollow Knight and like Breath of the Wild you can kill enemies and get geo and you can save up geo to buy items and in Breath of the Wild you can um, sell items to get rupees is it rupees I think it's rupees and for like Metroid Dread there's no reward for defeating enemies so you kinda just skip past them and you know they're different games but I, I, I thought that was interesting that there's no reward for for defeating enemies in Metroid Dread like late game unless you wanna refill your health but if you're full already you know just just a note and it it's hard to like if i i have recency bias so i'm really hot hot that's not the right word i'm really hyped on hollow knight right now if i started playing metroid dread tomorrow i'd be really hyped on metroid dread but i love hollow knight i've been looking at merch they have like little figures on i think fan gamer and different websites like that. Um, but I'm broke ass bitch, so it doesn't matter. But check out Hollow Knight if you haven't. It's an excellent, excellent game. One of my favorites um, in recent years for sure. But of all time, probably, possibly. It's just it's it's so weird that a three person development team maybe four if you include the composer and sound designer created this game that's just awesome and i'm really looking forward to silk song the trailers look awesome and playing as hornet it's going to be cool i couldn't tell you the lore if i had a gun to my head it's all kind of confusing it's very vast it's very involved and the language they speak in it is very interesting and intriguing, but I guess I could look up the lore, but um, I don't know. It's kind of confusing, but it doesn't bother me. Um, what else is there? Um, I guess that's all I got for gaming. I'm at the 11-minute mark. Let's go on to the movie beat, where I talk about the movie and TV shows I've been watching. I just have two items this week. The Hunt, 2012, The Hunt. So, We'll See You in Hell, my favorite podcast. Pat Walsh has mentioned this movie, I know at least once, maybe a few times, but whenever he talks about Thomas Vinterberg and Mads Mikkelsen, I al- and then he mentions Mads Mikkelsen, and I always think he's going to mention Polar, because I really liked Mads Mikkelsen and Polar. He says, if you haven't seen this great movie with Mads Mikkelsen, 
Then he says, The Hunt. The Hunt is a 2012 Danish psychological drama film directed by Thomas Vincherberg and Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Thomas Vincherberg, um, I'm not too familiar with. I'm I'm very looking forward to very looking forward to um, another round, also starring Mads Mikkelsen. And the hunt is, you know, you look at the poster, you hear a. I can't help but get confused between this movie and the 2020 movie The Hunt where I believe they hunt people for fun or I, I don't really know what that movie's about but you hear the title The Hunt and you kind of think that Mads Mikkelsen is going to like run and then someone's going to try to shoot him which spoiler alert happens at this movie but um a spoiler alert for this movie if you haven't seen this movie don't listen to this i think i highly recommend it i loved it um so i think if you haven't listened to it if you haven't watched it i think you should stop this right now and find it i watched it on canopy canopy is a site slash app where you can use your library card to watch movies and this movie, for me, is one of the most uncomfortable, frustrating, upsetting, infuriating movies I've ever watched. Definitely in recent times, maybe ever. It's it's a difficult watch. It's so uncomfortable. It's very it's a hard watch, but it's very satisfying. I mean, immediately I was so invested into this psychological darkness of a movie some of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie ever Mads Mikkelsen is amazing in it um you know sometimes sometimes my mindset is not right when I'm watching a movie and I can't get out of my head I'm like this is a fictional movie this this is based on a script that someone wrote these are actors performing in a play and this is all fake this movie everything felt so real and authentic I it it really felt like this was happening and I was just witnessing it it's really good um again spoiler alert but the gist of the movie is Mads Mikkelsen plays a, he's like a kindergarten teacher or he works at a kindergarten and he works with a bunch of kids. And there's this one girl who kind of, I guess, develops some sort of a crush on him. So she makes a, a heart out of arts and crafts and gives it to him and kisses him on the lips and he's very surprised and he addresses her and he's like um you need um you should only kiss your mom and dad on the lips and you need to give this to a boy or to your mom and she's like it's not it wasn't mine and she's like and mads is like well your name's on it and she's like no you're lying it's not mine 
So she's very upset because he basically rejected her, even though he's a 40-year-old man and she's like five. And so she becomes very upset and she tells the... Well, I forgot that... Later that day or earlier in the day or the day before or something, her older brother with his friend are watching porn on like an iPad or something. And they show it to her, a five-year-old girl, and says, hey, look, the the penis is sticking right up like a rod. And then so she, after the incident with Mads, she's telling another teacher... That Mads Mikkelsen has a penis and it sticks up like a rod. So she's confusing the two situations. And then basically mass hysteria begins and gets worse and worse as the movie goes on. Like I said, the movie is infuriating, but you become so invested and you feel so bad for the... The mass hysteria is so... It gets so bad and so intense that I started questioning it myself, too. I'm like, did he do something? And you're like, is this movie trying to trick us that they didn't show us the truth? And did he actually do something? That's how bad the mass hysteria gets. And I'm like, no, they showed us the truth. They showed us what really happened. This mass hysteria is getting out of control. To the point where all of his friends immediately turn against him. Well, most of his friends immediately turn against him. And the friends are like, we have nothing to talk to you about. Get out of here. And he's like, what did I do? Like, I didn't do anything. It's very intense, very upsetting, very good. I... Highly recommend The Hunt 2012. I I guess I'll stop there. I will will talk about the ending briefly. Again, spoiler alert. Stop this or fast forward. But the end, I completely misinterpreted the end. Because at the end of the movie... First of all, spoiler alert for The Hunt. And spoiler alert for Yellow Jackets. So fast forward this. At the end of the movie, they do a thing where they go one year later. And there's this sequence at the end where Marcus is quote unquote becoming a man because he's getting his hunting license and everyone is happy and congratulating him and everyone's reconciled and everything's cool. And I really thought it was going to pull a a Yellow Jackets thing where this was all a, a fantasy and at the end is going to be like an Owl Creek thing where he hung himself. Because if any of this happened to me, I would immediately hang myself. Like If I went to my job and I was like, what? Someone is accusing me of hang. I would hang myself right in the supervisor's office. But it wasn't the case. This was real. He reconciled with all of his friends. And then they go out hunting. So here's what I thought. Here's what I thought. They go out hunting. And a bullet whizzes past Mads Mikkelsen's head and hits a tree. 
So he's obviously startled. He drops to the ground. He's like, what the fuck? And he looks up at the shooter. And then the shooter is like, I thought the shooter was running towards him. And then he he gets up close up on his face and credits. So I my immediately thought my uh, my immediate thought was that that was his son Marcus that Marcus accidentally shot at his dad and that the moral of the story is that well, well I thought that Marcus thought that he was a deer from far away he saw movement and he shot at a deer but it was his dad and then I thought it was supposed to be a parallel that someone close to him someone he loved made a mistake made a confusion made an accident and almost ended his life in the case of Clara it was um, like psychologically emotionally mentally almost ended his life but it was a misunderstanding, and then you get to move on. And at the end of the movie, Marcus almost literally ended his life, and then, but it was an accident, blah, blah, blah. Well, from quickly from what I read online, I was like, no. And, and also, I was like, the way it's shot and the way it's put together and edited, some people thought it might have been a, a mirage of sorts. But the assumption that it was a a shooter that no one knows who it is no one's revealed who it is but someone still doesn't trust him after all that's happened and basically the moral of the story is he his life will never be the same someone still doesn't trust him and someone is giving him a warning by shooting at his head it's a very creepy ending um, very eerie, very unsettling. Um, also, during the sequence when Marcus's Marcus's little ceremony, Clara is there and she can't walk because there's so many lines on the ground. And I was cringing because, like, I was like Lucas, which is Mads Mikkelsen's character's name, Lucas. I wouldn't go within a hundred feet of this girl if I were you do not touch this girl but he does pick her up and help her and I you know I I'm pretty sure that's meant to be signifying like he forgives her and he still loves her da 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 but in reality I'd be like Lucas bro get the fuck out of there you know let her deal with those fucking lines anyway Really good movie. Um, I believe Mads Mikkelsen won uh, some awards for it, as he well deserved. He won Best Actor at the Bodil Awards. I don't know what those are. Um, he won Best Actor at the Cannes Film, Factor, Film Festival. Kane? Cannes? Cannes? cannolis um some of the best acting like on all fronts the the worst line i did i 
heard in the movie was from the mom, Clara's mom, where Clara tried to come clean early on in the movie, and she's like, I... I made him. I forget what she said, but she's like, "I made a mistake. Lucas didn't do anything. It's not his fault." And then the mom's like, "Oh, Clara, I know this is hard for you to understand, but when something bad happens, your mind doesn't want to believe it, but it happened." And then Clara's like, "Okay." So she she's getting super confused. Really upsetting movie, but definitely worth watching once. Um. Next, I will just go through Cobra Kai Season 5. My wife and I started it two days ago. We watched six episodes. And I have nothing against binging, but after six episodes, I was like, I need a break. And she was like, one more. I was like, are you serious? Like, let me fucking play some Hollow Knight. Um... She literally wanted to keep going. I'm like, uh, we need a break. So we took a break. And then the next night, which was last night, we watched the rest of the four. You know, Cobra Kai is one of those shows where, like, when I got the announcement or notification that season four was up, I was, like, no ru- in no rush to watch it. Even though I had seen the previous three seasons and we really enjoyed the previous three seasons. But I I don't know. I don't know if it's because it's we know it's streaming. We know it's available. But it's just one of those things where like it's not like, oh, gosh, we got to we got to check it out right away. I, I don't know why. So we watched season four, and I liked it a lot. I remember loving it, actually. And I thought that the series should have ended with season four because, you know, they had this kind of deal that if Miyagi-Do won or whatever, if the good guys won, then... Um, Cobra Kai would end and they would close down all their expansions, whatever. And I figured that they should have won and the series should have ended. But instead, they leave... This cliffhanger with Miguel, I thought that was so wonky. Miguel, like, leaves the tournament and he's like, I have to find out who I am. So I'm going to look for my dad. I thought that was so tacked on and wonky at the end of season four. So, and again, I don't know why, like, I didn't see any teasers for season five. I didn't see any trailers. I didn't see any season five real, will premiere in September. Like, I didn't see anything. All I saw was the notification season five now available Netflix. Kind of weird. So I tell my wife, hey, Cobra Kai's here. So she's like, okay, let's watch it. Um, the first t- first few episodes I thought was weird. A little wonky. I, I, I really feel like the storyline with Miguel's dad was really tacked on. And not only at the end of season four, but even here, it feels like this is going nowhere. 
Um, and he decides to go to Mexico to find his dad. And then the, his mom, Carmen, is like, don't go. He's dangerous. And it turns out that he's dangerous. So that wrapped up real quick. The, it, it literally went nowhere, didn't do anything. Um, but after that, it kind of picks up, I guess, starting maybe season or episode three. Overall, I like, I still like the show a lot. I will say, I think I enjoyed season four a lot more. Um, season five, it felt, there were some parts that felt uh, silly. Even though my favorite part of the show is the comedy. And, you know, I'm... I do like the martial arts aspect of it, but my my favorite part is the comedy because I, I really laugh at some of the character interactions and Johnny, and I like the, the conversation with Miguel and his friends, Hawk and Dimitri, and then... Um, and then Sam on the other end with Moon and the other girl who I don't know her character's name. I thought that was funny and the show still makes me laugh and I I like it. I just feel like the show is not going to improve. I think it maybe peaked in season four. I don't I don't even remember season three. Like I couldn't tell you the plot point. I'm sure if someone told me what happened in season three I would remember it but as of right now I couldn't tell you what happened in season three but I think at this point it's probably whatever that phrase is the point of diminishing returns I I, I like the show but I I think they they should probably end it you know they can't just keep I don't know. I I loved season four. Season five feels like it's getting a little sillier. They're stretching it out a little too much. And I, you know, they they left with a cliffhanger in this one too. Spoiler alert! With you know, Silver's finally arrested, and then Crease escapes jail. Like I, I don't know how he's going to take control of Cobra Kai when he's literally a fugitive but I I kind of I don't know and everyone's all reconciled you know in this season Robbie and Miguel reconcile um, Johnny reconciles with Robbie for the most part um, Johnny and Daniel are pretty much reconciled so it's like and it's like I love all the characters and I like seeing them together interacting and it's fun. But I think it's time. It's it's done. You know, it's done. Um, also, I think they should rename, rename the show to MILF City. I think I've made that joke before, but Courtney Hengler. Um, there's also, um, Vanessa Rubio. Also, every time I saw Thomas Ian Griffith's name on the screen, I, 
I always thought, oh, Rookie of the Year is going to be in this. But that's Thomas Ian Nicholas. Um, I love all the characters. Uh, Mary Mouser, Peyton List. Mary Mouser is 26. She's playing a high schooler. Peyton List is 24. But that's that's always the case. But I don't know. I think they sh- it's done, you know. I even though I like the show, even though I enjoy the show, there's they brought pretty much every character ever in the um in the whole trilogy, which most people think the first one is the best one, or maybe even the only good one. They brought Kumiko back. They brought Chosen back for this season. I, you know, I like the part like protect the eggs, protect the eggs. I thought that was cool. I didn't like Silver in Karate Kid Part Three, but I. I really like him in this series. I think he's a very good villain. I think I mentioned before that I, I'm i looking at his wiki, Wikipedia page and he hasn't had much of a career. According to his filmography on Wikipedia, his last movie was in 2005 in The Pirate's Curse and then he was a consulting producer on 2020's Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. And then television, he... Okay, this doesn't make sense, but... Television, he he was a writer and story editor, co-producer on Grimm from 2013 to 2017. And then he joined Cobra Kai in 2021. I think he's really good. Really good villain in the series he's really fun and he's a very good actor but as far as this is the series i think they should just it's done they should have ended it with season four and wrap it up i think season five felt like a lot of fluff it's like uh, yet another competition da 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 i don't know i liked it but let's move on Let's get to Wing Commander. Um, Wing Commander is a 1999 science fiction film loosely based on the video game series of the same name. Um, Like I mentioned, I've never heard of Wing Commander. I don't even know what type of game it is. Let's check out... Oh, jeez. Chris Roberts, he created Wing Commander and he directed the movie, which is very interesting. I didn't know that. Wing Commander, the game came out in 1990. Space Flight Simulation Game. Um, this looks like a game I would not be interested in. I don't know what... The general consensus on the game franchises. Obviously, they thought it was good enough to make a movie about it. Let's look at Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts, a British-American video game pro- designer, programmer, film producer, and director. He created the Wing Commander series. Um, 
and as of 2011 has been working on the crowd-funded space simulator Star Citizen, which I think is a terrible name. Um, Star Citizen. That's weird. The game was... It's an in-development multiplayer space trading and combat simulation game that's been in production since 2010. And I'm not even sure if it's out yet. That sounds like a scam. So, I don't know why they would allow a a video game developer to direct a movie, but they did. The movie stars Freddie Prince Jr., Matthew Lillard, Lillard Saffron Burroughs, Cheki Cario, Jurgen Prochnow, David Suchet, and David Warner. Um, the film was released on March 12, 1999 to critical and commercial failure, grossing a little over 11 million on a budget of 30 million. The film was the second on-screen collaboration with Lillard and Prince and Prince Jr. after She's All That, who both later worked in the first two Scooby-Doo films and Summer Catch. So here's a here's what a synopsis of the movie. Um, I'm gonna do my best, but I gotta be honest. I my mind just completely blanked right now. Um. So there's the humans. They are referred to as the Terran Confederation. And then there's this alien race called the Kilrathi, and the Kelrathi is a cat-like alien race um, who want to kill all humans. All right? And be, I'm not going to get the plot right, but I'm getting dizzy. Basically, at the beginning of the movie, a Kelrathian ship destroys this important um, Terran ship called the Pegasus. And they are trying to get to the navigation computer because once they get their hands on the navigation computer, they will be able to access the location for Earth. And once they do that, they will be able to eradicate the human race. So... David Warner, he's the captain on his ship, like the flagship, a Terran ship. Man, this is this is podcast death. David Warner, who I recognize immediately from Tron. Is that right? Of course it's not listed in this summary. Control F. Yeah, he was in Tron. He's he played Ed Dillinger slash Sark slash Master Control Program. His voice is very distinguishable. Distinguished. Um, he plays a good guy in this one. And so David Warner is like, okay, we have to recall the 
Terran ships back so we, it can defend Earth. And then it they they flag down this God, I'm sorry folks. They flag down this ship with Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard and they're like a they're newly trained pilots and they're like Freddie Prince Jr. his na- his name is Blair. And they're like, Blair, you need to send an important message to this other ship. And they need to gather intelligence to see where... Because... Oh, God. I'm just... Why am I struggling so bad? This is death. (laughs) Um... They're like... Okay, the Kilrathi are going to come to Earth. We need to find the exact location where they're going to jump to so we can defend Earth. And basically, there's a timeline. There's like two hours difference between when the Kilrathi are going to arrive and when they can get that information, blah, 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 blah. And there's also this weird subplot where Freddie Prince Jr. is half pilgrim which is kind of weird it feels like racially motivated like my mother was a pilgrim but my father fought for the confederation like it's basically like half blood like get the fuck out of the way half blood and you know freddie prince jr is fine in it matthew lillard plays his role fine in it but they're they're basically two dudes in space. You know, they should rename this movie Two Dudes One Starship or Two Dudes in Space. And you know, Matthew Lillard does that thing where he tells Freddie Prince Jr., "Let me show you how to make friends in here." And he opens the door to like the break room. He stands on the chair and he goes, "Ladies and gentlemen, this right here, pointing to Freddie Prince Jr., is the second best pilot on this ship. And one person's like, who do you suppose is the first? And then, I, I don't know. It's kind of dumb. I don't really like Matthew Lillard. I don't think he's much of an actor. He He plays the role that he's supposed to play well, but his character was kind of annoying. And, um... Saffron Burroughs, who I'm not familiar with, she plays her part well. She's kind of an uptight, by-the-book, very strict, um, I don't even know her, well, she calls herself the wing commander. She's like the commanding officer. I I, I don't know. There's a bunch of titles in here. I'm not going to get straight. But let me just get past, I'm not going to talk about the plot any longer because it was making me dizzy. But I think because my expectations were so low, I got to say, I did not hate this movie. Um, I kind of liked it. You might say it's like half a good movie. Their performances are whatever. They kill off one of the very few black characters in the movie. A, A female named Forbes, which... Matthew Lillard falls in love with and 
they seemingly have sexual relations with neither of them have their even shirts off even matthew lillard has his shirt on for space sex which was kind of weird um at the end of the movie even though there there wasn't even a hint of any sort of romantic or sexual tension between saffron burroughs and freddie prince jr there, there was no tension. There was no nothing. They still managed to kiss each other at the end of this movie, which is ridiculous, not explained at all. Um, and because Freddie Prince Jr. is half pilgrim, he has. It's almost like a, almost kind of like a Jedi sensibility where he has the ability to sense he has like a sixth sense like he needed to do this jump this space jump and the captain of their ship captain taggart had to fix the computer so he's he's using a screwdriver in the back he's like do 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 and then friends pretty friends Freddie Prince Jr. managed to do the jump in under 10 seconds, which is faster than the computer. So he has some sort of sense, some sort of ability to... I, I can't explain it. It's 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 be in between like Jedi abilities and whatever the fuck Dune was, where he's elevated because of his pilgrim heritage. Um, the pilgrims were the first people to explore and navigate the space systems and eventually they they thought themselves to be higher than normal people and that arrogance led to the pilgrim wars um, confusing convoluted sure this movie isn't good isn't great but i was surprised at how how much I didn't hate the movie. It's not bad. Is it worth a watch once? Sure. Why not? The effects are 1998-99 effects, so it's not great. You know, there were, there's a lot of space effects, spaceship effects. It's not great. Um, there's a quote on the Wikipedia page that made me laugh. Freddie Prince Jr. later said, I can't stand Wing Commander. I can't watch one scene of that movie. I read the script and I loved it. So did my buddy Matthew Lillard. We both got the parts. We went on location and they said, here's the new script. It was a piece of crap. Um, that is from a post on Movie Line. Let me just control F Wing Commander. Um. All right, so the interviewer asks, "Have you liked all the films you've been in?" Prince Jr says, "No." Interviewer says, "Which ones don't you like?" Prince Jr says, "I can't stand Wing Com I can't stand Wing Commander. I can't watch one scene of that movie." Interviewer says, "How did it become so awful?" Prince Jr. says, it's the simplest story in the world. I read the script and loved it. So did my... 
Um, buddy, okay, this is exactly what I read earlier. God damn it. Interviewer says, Entertainment Weekly's film critic Owen Gleiberman seems to have it in for you in your last two films. He called Wing Commander a preposterously dull and labored hack job and down to you the dreckiest of teen puppy courtships. How do you take such criticism? Prince Jr. says, that guy hates me. He'll say things about my physical looks. Forget the acting thing. He'll write about my ugly smile. Like, what did I do? Sleep with his mom? I think that's all they say about Wing Commander. Um, Yeah. So that's unfortunate. Like I said, I don't think he's great in the movie, but he's fine. Um... Matthew Lillard plays a dude, and he plays his role fine, but he's annoying. Let's see. I don't recognize any else of these names, so. What the fuck? Mark? Well, I did notice at the end credits, it said Merlin. The character of Merlin, which is the voice of the AI on Blair's ship, was credited as a question mark. And according to this Wikipedia page, it says Mark Hamill as the voice of Merlin. I guess that's supposed to be some sort of fun fact, but I read it with a really, really straight face. I didn't laugh and I didn't smile at all. I don't think that's a fun fact at all. Um, critical reaction to the movie was negative. 10% of 51 critics review are positive. Consens- consensus reads, the low budget may explain Wing Commander's cheesy special effects, but can't excuse the lame dialogue or the movie's obsessive reliance on sci-fi cliches. Cliches. Um, let's see. Wing Commander... There is a a game called Wing Commander Arena, which was released in 2007. That's the last game in the franchise so far. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this movie. I think... I think it's worth watch at least once. You know, if you're curious about it, it's not terrible. I'm going to look up how much I paid for it because I I purchased this movie. Um, of course, I have to log back in. God damn it. Oh, just log me in, eBay. Oh, my God. You've, oops, I almost said my password on air. That would have been bad, right? God damn it, what the fuck's my password? Ugh, now I gotta check my phone for my password. Jesus Cristo. Um, what else should I talk about in the meantime? Um, Should I sing a song? Okay, I got it. Um, do, 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 do. Why don't I just pause the podcast and, you know, 
damn it. Yes, verify. So I purchased this movie. I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Perdón. I purchased this movie for $5.51 on eBay. And I don't know if the person specified, but the movie came in a with the disc and in one of those, you know, clear generic cases. Um, I don't really care. Like, I, I wasn't really looking to get it with the original box or anything. But you can buy it for $9.99 digitally, or you can rent it for $3.99. It's weird because there's 80 billion streaming services out there. And no one wants to watch Wing Commander from 1999. You know what I mean? Nobody's... That's no one's ultimate goal in life. So, like, why wouldn't it be streaming? I, I don't know. It's confusing. Like, there's 80 billion streaming services and this movie's not on there. And I'm not suggesting anyone pay money to, to watch this movie. Do I regret paying five fifty one? Um, no, because you know I'm doing this podcast based on movies, based on video games, and I'm okay having it in my collection. Um, it's I don't know. You should check it out if you're curious, and if you have any sort of loyalty or allegiance or affinity for the wing commander franchise maybe you can check it out apparently it's very loosely based on the game franchise so let me look at the list of movies based on video games um, so I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm able to scratch this one off the list because i skipped it for a long time because i didn't have it and Resident Evil, House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark. Next is Doom. So starting from Super Mario Brothers, I've done all of them. Not in chronical, not in chronological order, but technically, I'm not saying any of these any of these episodes are good. But I have done episodes from Super Mario Brothers all the way through, Alone in the Dark. Next one is Doom, starring The Rock. Um, I gotta say, I'm not really looking forward to it, but we'll see. You know, that's all I got for this episode. I apologize in advance for the quality of this episode. I apologize in my advance for the quality of my soul and my personality and my droning, monotonous, uh, monotone voice. Um, I don't like myself at all. I think my existence is futile and, and boring and meaningless. And I don't know why I try to expose my soul and personality to the world. I think it's just revenge because everyone else's personality and soul is so painfully boring and, and harmful to me and my five senses that... I try to create content as revenge for all the content I'm forced to inhale 
on a daily basis. Um, I hope you're doing well. I hope you and your friends and family are doing well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I hope your pets are well and thriving. If you like Final Fantasy VII, please check out youtube.com slash odddrummergaming. If you like drums and video games, please check out youtube.com slash drumj8. Should I try to inflect my voice more? Should my tone of my voice go up and down? Or should I just remain robot, robotnik? Robotnik. Thank you for listening. Say hi to your pets for me.